0: Hello everyone. Welcome to uh, the, I'm a week behind, so I'm going to act like I'm on schedule here, but this is the, uh, my September 8th podcast. I did take a week off because I became a grandfather. Yeah. So my daughter and son-in-law brought in uh, my granddaughter on the 5th and uh, I'm so excited. She's absolutely beautiful. It's, it's a wonderful thing. It's different, Uh, than I ever expected you know when you become a grandfather it's so much different than when you become a dad because the other night when my wife and I went to visit she was kind of fussing a little bit and we got to go home so it was kind of neat Um, but yeah that's that's the new thing it kind of took a little time and uh, my daughter was a trooper she actually did a home birth with a, a midwife which to me was insane but you know what she she did it I'm proud of her and I'm so thrilled to uh, to say hello to Lenny B. Nikolaisen That's my my granddaughter. So welcome Lenny to the wonderful world, and uh, hopefully it'll be a beautiful world for you. And if we could stop screwing it up every day around here, maybe we can maybe we can do this for our grandchildren, right? Maybe we can find the right way to, to to start thinking and acting and voting and and being part of a, a country again where we all are together as opposed to being so so divided on so many so many issues you know the politicians have just learned how to become the puppet masters to all of us and it's sad it's sad because the the commonality between all of us is that we're all good people we all want to help each other we all want things to be better next year than it is this year and the politicians if you haven't picked up on this they have learned to press our buttons and that's what they do right they're pressing our buttons to stay in to this game that they play which is controlling the greatest country in the world and and playing with it like it's uh you know like it's dynamite and they've got the, the match in their hand um, I don't get it. I don't understand what possesses people in politics to want to divide and, and conquer instead of unite and and make things better. So I guess that comes from my position as a true independent. Never wanted to be part of a political party. You know, when I signed up when, when I was when I became eligible to vote at 18, uh, I chose the independent party. It's never been a big party as a matter of fact, they just got rid of the line here in my town that I live in. Uh, there wasn't enough of us. I think there was 11 independents in the town. And it was kind of funny because um, when you're in a smaller town, I, I kind of say smaller because our town is, is busting at the seams. It's starting to grow. It's not the little town that I grew up in where, you know, downtown, you had the doctor in his house. You had the, uh, the meat market. You had the hardware store. You had the bank, right? It was a like a, literally like a one-horse town in the western. And now it's just uh, the influx of people crowding out of Westchester in New York city has pushed up here to the mid Hudson Valley where I live. So, um, that's kind of my, my wish, you know, it's, I guess you get a little sentimental when you become a grandfather for your first time and you, you want the world to be better. Um, then it's on the path to being right. So this isn't about anything. It's not about money. It's not about political wants. It's, it's about what's right. You know, God, we're such a, a powerful force when we're together and uh, you know, small town politics, I think, best show that, right? There are two parties in my town, but it's one town, and, and and it's always for the good of the town. It's it's not what it's turned into at the state and federal level. This is where we do think like communities, and we do want better things, and uh, that's that's what got lost as you go up the ladder into wider government. Is the you know maybe they should take a lesson from the small town government? Maybe they ought to just go around and and pick some of the most successful small towns in America, and every so many years, put them in control of the government. (laughs) Just say, hey, you guys did such a great job there in Highland, New York. We're going to give you the United States. Can you take the same process and go forward? Um, It sounds funny, but maybe it's an idea, right? It's not working. What we have isn't going to work. We don't get a big enough menu. We get to pick between two people to be the leaders of the free world, and what are the chances that those two people – are the best choices that we should have. So that aside, that's my, my opening comment. Um, I, I don't really have a format of that with this show, but it's just what's on my mind. And I, and I appreciate everyone that that has been sending me, uh, you know, nice emails about what's going on. And there's a, there's a bunch of you out there and, and you're probably listening. And I, I so do appreciate um, the fact that you welcome my opinions and, and what we do here into your world and uh, I do feel like we, as a team here at Retirement Architecture, are improving the lives of people every day, and doing it without a political agenda. Doing it on the idea that it's family that that matters, right? When it comes to what you've done and what you've been able to accumulate wealth-wise, everyone that listens to this program knows my position. We need we need to try to pass as much money that we've accumulated under the recklessness of the U.S. government and its, and its policies, um, we need to keep as much of this money as we can and move it on. And, and I'm going to lead into kind of the head fake, right? So um, I've been watching very carefully the markets, not from the idea of an investor. I'm not in the markets. I've told everybody that. I, I have no interest in the recklessness of, of the market. If I can control my future and the companies that I help build and the, the, the people that I help build their own companies with and that's where I will stay because I just don't believe that this stock market casino game is for me. Uh matter of fact I don't even have the casino. I used to like going to the casinos when I was younger, but today I, I get it, right? It's just a way to to again separate you from your wealth and your money. And yeah, it might be fun, but there's there's better ways to have fun. So um What's going on? What's going on with the market? So if you follow this program and if you've been listening to us, we've been talking about how this market compares to other times. Not necessarily the way that people try to take that statement and and make it too specific, but there are different patterns of how the markets have reacted given different stimuli, right? If you go back into 2000, which is where I think we more represent on a graph level, what did that look like? Well, if you've been to a couple of the webinars, and I'll probably do this on the next webinar, which I think, Ant, did we pick a date out? Did I give you a date? I'm probably going to do something into September. Um, I'd like to get another webinar out before October. I'd like to do something in September. October could be a really bad month. October could be um, the black blank day, right? Maybe it's a Monday, maybe it's a Thursday, a Tuesday, who knows, but but October could be a bloodbath um, for the markets. And I, I think that's because right now I feel like they're trying to find good news in anything that's out there to try to keep the markets from continuing their downward traje- trajectory. So as of, as of right now, the market's kind of been in a little bit of a a uh, quandary, doesn't know what it wants to do. Looking at the Dow, the Dow's now up 168. It's 1136 AM. And, and this is Thursday, uh, September 8th. And I'm looking at the Dow, I'm looking at the NASDAQ. But if if you've been following it, you know, the, the markets have been trying to find that update. I think we had seven down days in a row. I'm going to open up the NASDAQ because I, I do believe that most of the people that are, are in the baby boomer generation have a lot of their investments that are that are more um, following the Nasdaq as a as a graph as a average than it is the S and P, um, and definitely you know the Dow. The Dow is kind of the leader. Its patterns they're almost the same. If you put the pattern up of all three of the major indices, they look very similar, right? On the line graph, they're they're all going in the same direction. You don't have one going straight up and one going straight down. They all kind of move in and kind of sync with each other, but. You know, what What we've gone through, if you look at 2022 as a year to date. Now, remember, I use the CNBC interactive graph. You can go to CNBC.com. You can pick on the different indices and you can watch them. And it's a really good place to go. Um, it's not a political network. It, it's, it's not an NBC, right? It's not your major. It, it is financial, which is why I enjoy it. I do enjoy the morning show. Um, and I do check on it during the day. And, and I do appreciate some of its balanced reporting on on topics. Um, so as I look at the, the NASDAQ for this year, and we look at where we are, we're down 23.9% year to date, guys. This, this isn't getting much better. We were deeper for sure. But what's happened is the head fake that began in August and ended in September has been pretty profound. Like this has been a a classic head fake. And the reason that I call it a head fake is because I really don't believe that there's anything of substance that's telling us that the bear market's over, right? Everybody wants to call these markets over in a matter of weeks instead of months or years. And I don't think that this is where we are. I think we suffered a pretty good head fake. I think a lot of folks that were feeling You know, really down in the middle of June going into July, that, well, God, I didn't get out. I should have listened to Brett and all these other people saying that the market can't hold and I didn't and my money's gone. Well, it's not gone, guys, because if you take that same graph and you click the button that says all and you look at where we are, if that doesn't change your perspective of where you are now, it will if you just look at it, right? So if you go to the all-time record and you look at where we are, what this chart does is it gives you a a level and it runs a dotted line backwards in time. And it'll tell you where did we, where did we last achieve this level high and where did we go from there. Believe it or not, guys, it's still post-COVID. It's still in 2020, almost 2021, the last time that we came to this level of, market right again on the nasdaq i'm talking but it's if you look at it from the left of there it's never been near this right so we we basically have cut a line through the top of a mountain when you look at the the graph it looks like a big mountain and the line going through it is a tunnel it says okay we may never go back up to that i i honestly believe that we it'll be a long time before we go back to the 2021 highs going into the beginning of 2022 I think it'll be some time before we see that again. I, I don't know that there's enough. Uh, I think there's too many consequences that have to be dealt with that allowed it to get to that high, including the the balance sheet of the Fed, which they've yet to start really making the cuts that they that they talked about early in the year. Uh, they've been putting that off. They're still struggling and wrestling with the idea of inflation. Well, they pretty much broke the consumer already. Um, oil is giving us a little bit of a pullback. Let's take a look at oil real fast because I, I think that's another one of the things that we should be looking at to say how how ugly is our world going to be. So if we if we look at the different um, numbers of oil, I'm going to pick oil out. So oil, I know is down. So oil is it's up a dollar fifty eight right now, but it's at eighty three fifty two. Right, that's down. That's that's a real drop. And if you open up the oil graph you could do the same thing right you click on the commodity and you look at where it's been well if you look at oil oil now you have to go all the way back to get to 8363 you're basically coming out of january in 2022 now by the way guys this is before ukraine russia conflict right this this is we're we're actually as if that didn't happen now when you look at the price of oil so um, I'm hoping that Biden is going to cap off the strategic reserve, not take anymore and start putting the oil back in because this might be a chance for him to actually do it without too much of a financial consequence, but he's committed, I believe to keeping that uh, additional oil hitting the markets here in the United States and conveniently through the midterms. Um, I think it's right around the, the midterms is when the uh, strategic oil reserves will be halted. So anyhow, uh oil's gonna give us a break. That'll definitely help with the inflation number. I think the supply chain BS is gonna start working itself through. Um, I, I I do believe that we're gonna see this next hit to the uh the interest rates. I think it will see the 75 basis points. And by the way, again, if you can go back and listen to some of these podcasts that I've done before, um I unlike Brian, so Brian, uh, we have that bet, and we have to find that podcast because he owes me silver. He owes me a silver bar um, when, in fact, we did agree that I was taking the position the Fed was going to stay aggressive and tighten rates. And Brian said they can't, it won't work, and that they wouldn't do it. So I I won the bet. I don't know if we had an end date to the bet, but I'm going to call it. uh, Brian owes me a silver bar. Um, I hope I told him it was a 10-ounce silver bar. Did I, did I do that, Ant? If that's not in there, I might have to add that one. I might have to stick that one in and post. Say, so, yeah, it was 10 ounces, Brian. You owe me 10 ounces of silver. By the way, silver, um, great opportunity in silver. Silver is now broken below the, um, the $18 number, which is recent. Let me give you a, a number on that at, at the moment. So when we look at the uh, commodities, right, and we see where where are we with our wonderful silver, Silver right now is back above 18. So it was a, it was below 18. It was in the $17 per ounce. And if you think about this as a trade, right, as something that maybe you can feel a little bit better with your money than going into the stock market, you know, silver can have a, a, a pretty much a, a $5 to $8 run around this number. And you don't have to go crazy with it. You don't have to buy a ton of it to get that additional kick on a price of silver. And if you look at the charts on silver, it's not bad. And, and honestly, if we're really going to go into this massive recession that so many are now calling, if the dollar falters in this recession, silver will blow out, man. Silver will be 30 40, you know, dollars per ounce. And the beauty of it is you can buy it at this price, 17 18 bucks. I think it's on sale. I think it's a great thing to have. Um, as I mentioned, I liked having the bars. They're beautiful. Um, I, I may actually do a couple 10 ounce bars instead of the uh the the five ounce bars that I've that I've been buying. So take a look at silver if you're looking, if you're getting bored, if you're trying to figure out when to jump in the market, how to play this hand. Um go safe. You know, it's okay to sit in cash. If you're there, it's okay. Um, if you haven't built your income plan, I'm gonna put a little plug in for what what I do. We're stress testing retirement income every day. I have not worked the amount of hours in quite some time that I am working now because I've started getting involved with the actual building of these plans again. Uh, there was a period of time where we just had so many coming in that it, it was impossible for me to sit down and work on a plan. Well, I now do that. I, I do about five a week on my own. Like I am the actual designer of a few of these plans. And the, the good thing about that is as the, you know, one of the founders of the whole concept, I can go in and change things. And I do, I really go in and I'm, I'm customizing these things to death. And I've got some really good clients. I uh, just brought on my first um, younger person. I, I've told everyone, if you're not over 57, I can't help you. But I did meet this gentleman, this young man out of Kentucky. He's terrific. He's old soul. That's what I, I call him. I spent an hour and a half with him last night on the phone. And I'm actually building a, a retirement plan for him that's 20 years out, right? It's going to be 20 years into the future, but he's conservative. He's he's understanding this concept of it's about income, right? Retirement planning is about income first, and then it's about riches. So you know, I'm having fun with that. I'm putting a lot of time into it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this plan like the greatest plan you've ever seen. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have several eyeballs on this besides mine, but I'm, I'm having a lot of fun working for the first person who's actually, uh, 44 years old now, which is, I, I swore I would never do it, but I'm, I'm having a blast with it. Uh, I want to put a little note out for next week. So next week's podcast, we're going to record on Friday, right? And it's going to be Friday at 10 o'clock, I think. And it's going to be real special. So on that podcast, and I'll, I'll tell a little backstory to it. I have a special guest, and it's Amy Gould. And, and Amy is an attorney. She's out of New Jersey. Um, she is amazing. She's, she's terrific. We're, we're friends. But more than that, she was going to be the co-host of our TV series, Live to 100. And for those of you that may never have heard about this, so Live to 100 was a TV series in which we took the tools that we've developed here And we were going to demonstrate them and how they would change baby boomers lives through confidence in spending, right? So this, this whole program was about taking a family or an individual and tearing apart their financial plan for retirement and reconstructing it almost like the whole idea of taking a house and and tearing the house apart and rebuilding it. You know, there's a bazillion of those shows on TV now and they're all pretty good, right? I've, I've seen many of them. I find them all very interesting. I mean, there's only so many times you can watch a sledgehammer knock a cabinet off the wall, but they all have different spins and they're really good at, at putting these programs together. Well, we had the first one that was going to kind of use that same, pro, that same format, but it was going to be about retirement planning. And the challenge with retirement planning is is when you communicate the conversation, when you involve yourself in the conversation, at what stage you're at, right? So if you talk to someone who's 65 years old, they've got a lot of money, and you ask them about their plans. And, and the interesting thing is, we've done this as part of our program. We'd ask people, what are your three big wants in retirement? And most people are good at saying one and two. But after three, there are no more. And there's a reason behind that. The reason is that people don't have the, they don't have the surety or the confidence in their finances that they could plan to do a life-changing trip or do something for someone else or involve themselves in gifting or charity work. Um, they just don't have the confidence in their money early in retirement that they'll go and be more more adventurous, right? They'll they'll kind of put off that spending in early retirement. And then what they do is they fall victim to the fear of running out of money and they just won't spend their money in retirement. So the whole idea behind the series was to take a a handful of these cases. And I think we had six that we were going to chronicle in the series. And the first one we actually started filming. And the reason I'm I'm saying this is Amy Gould, my guest next week, was the co-host of the show. So I I asked Amy to be the co-host. She's an attorney she's got a a really you know charismatic presence she's cool she's confident she's smart you know she's beautiful she's tall she made me look like I was a shrimp you know she's probably I think six foot one maybe six foot two but you know really a a tall beautiful intelligent woman and here came this little guy I was going to you know, have the, uh, they call them apple crates that when you do a scene with somebody that's tall, you get to stand on something like Pat Sajax does on the wheel of fortune. He's, he's actually standing on a level. So he looks higher than, than the other folks around the wheel. He's actually pretty short, but Amy was going to be a fantastic host. And we spent a lot of time together talking about our different views on retirement planning and how, how we would be able to bring this TV series together and make it entertaining and and demonstrate the fact that while you may not think that you have fears and doubts about your retirement, you actually did. And the folks that we were talking to, you know, some of them had plans. Uh, one client that was going to be called Rockin' Retirement, he's a, he's a friend now of mine and I, I visit him uh, every now and then. He's, he's a connoisseur of beer. He has the most incredible Beer collection, and he's always got something special on tap in his in his man cave downstairs. But when we first met them, the two of them were wanting to get into a house, right? The story was, you know, rock and retirement. He he's an incredible musician, had an awesome band, uh, looks the role. He looks like I I don't know which one of a David Crosby, one of one of the Crosby Stills Nash. I, I think it was Crosby. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but he looks just like the guy, right? So, or you could even say maybe somebody from the Grateful Dead, but an incredibly talented musician and he married well. He, he has a beautiful wife who I just adore and they had this hope of getting a house together at some point. Who is that? That's Crosby. All right. So Ant just brought up a picture of Crosby. He looks better than Crosby, but it's the same vibe. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, the two of them had this plan. They wanted to get a house together. Well, you know, when I was talking to them, I'm saying, well, why would you wait to do that? Like, you're, you're at the best time in your life to do that now on the front edge of retirement, not on the back edge of retirement. And it was fear. It was fear of money. It was fear of the markets. It was fear, fear, fear. And in rocking retirement, Amy and I were going to work with this couple along with the entire staff at Retirement Architecture. And we were going to chronicle on camera the struggles that they were having in in seeing their dream come together. And we actually filmed one day, right? So we had uh, Tim Miller from uh, Big Chief Entertainment. He was the producer. Um, the show was going to appear, and I, I shouldn't mention the network because we really, we had different strategies and different things for this. So I'm just going to leave it at uh, Big Chief Entertainment, producing, directing, Um, we worked with them, loved the storyline, loved the concept. And, and Tim is an incredibly successful producer. So we, we actually shot the first day. Now it was going to be the, can we get over the nerves? Can we get used to this TV environment in our company and not have it upset our day too much? And, uh, so Amy came up and, and she and I were basically doing some, some conversations talking about the new clients coming in etc etc it was a it was a short day it wasn't a big day of filming but it was the whole thing right as lights cameras action and uh, we broke that day and it, it was like this feeling like holy cow this is really going to happen we're going to have baby boomers watching other baby boomers struggle with how are we going to get to retirement how are we going to get to and through retirement and, you know, Amy had the, the legal skills and she has, you know, great background in financial products and, and you know, the, the, the idea that we would sit together and build this, this plan with our team was just amazing. And the goal was, how do we get these people into this house now? Well, that was day one. So after you shoot one day, it, typically it'll go a week and maybe you shoot another day. Well, at that point, COVID arrived in New York State. Now, it had already started out on the West Coast, and we all saw what happened there and how horrible it was, but it was kind of isolated. Everyone thought, oh, it's in a nursing home out there. How bad can it get? And we have a podcast that was shot, right, that we filmed, um, that we recorded right around that time where we were all trying to guess, you know, what was the extent of what COVID was going to do. We called it, I think, the boy who cried wolf, that they were going to make this thing sound so bad that it would scare everybody. And my prediction was 150 people in New York State would die. So, yeah, I was way off. Um, But COVID did show up in New York. And unfortunately, it really broke out in a county just south of where I'm sitting right now in a county called Rockland County. And Rockland County went like out on the news we're going to quarantine the town. I mean, everybody probably had the, the visions of that, that show with uh, that movie with Dustin Hoffman where the, the virus got out, the monkey virus, and they, they basically quarantined the whole town and they were going to nuke the whole town and kill everybody to stop this, this pandemic. Well, that kind of went through everybody's mind. And I remember being afraid, you know, like, holy cow, this is real. Well, Tim called me up and he said, hey, Brett, you know, we got to make a decision here. Um, we can't half build a series. And if they lock us down... And I'm thinking there's no way they're gonna lock this down. There's no way they're gonna lock down the country and tell us all we can't leave our homes. But the odds, there there was a chance, right? And playing the odds on something like that, the risk of what it would cost to build a series and not be able to complete it and not be able to put it on the air would have been disastrous. So, you know, Tim said, Listen, it's it's gonna be on you because I'm telling you we can't do this. You know, I'm I'm really afraid that we'll get caught in production. And this thing's going to go on. This this isn't little, Brett. This is big. And he did spook me. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to you because I can't take a shot at this. And I wouldn't expect you to. So we decided at that point that the series was going to be put on hold. And thank God we did. Um, sure enough, everything got locked down. It was a disaster. I had to check and see if I had the ability to even go into my office, right? So this was the lockdown. New York State went you know, ballistic with it. Everything is shut down. There were no ro- cars on the road. It was like essential people only. And and because I'm in the finance space, I was deemed a, a uh, person. And I actually did file it with the state that I was an essential worker and I had to go to my office. Well, I spent a couple months, really two, three months in my office by myself, uh, 12,000 square feet, you know, massive office. And it was just me. And it was like, so eerie, and there was no traffic on the road. It was, it was like that I Am Legend movie. So we made a good decision. So we put it on hold, and, and Amy and I kind of got really depressed over it, and we kind of lost touch for a while. So we're going to talk about that next week. Um, she's coming on the show. we we reconnected. We've been, you know, it's not like we were angry with each other. We just kind of, you know, everything happened. And uh, we did email once in a while, hey, how you doing? How are things going? She saw the TV commercial, and you know, she's like wow she goes it looks like you decided to still get the message out there and we did we built the TV commercial we we bought a big block of TV from Fox News and eventually from Newsmax Fox business we stayed with the conservative channels and lo and behold that's probably why you're listening to this is you might have been someone that caught one of those commercials in 2020 um, where close to hundred thousand people responded to our messages saying yeah we're real concerned right so for um, Fast forward. Where are we today? We're 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 looking at potentially going back down to those numbers, guys. You know that's that's where we could be heading with these markets, and we need to wake up. And the uh, the opening song, you know, what goes up, what must come down. Um, that that's why I played that for you. It's it's that whole concept that why do markets go up and why do they come down. It has nothing to do with gravity. It has everything to do with confidence. And and I'll. I'll ask you to think for a moment. At any time in 2021, did you say to yourself, this can't go on forever? I know that I talk to people every day and every single person that I have spoken with when it comes to building these advanced plans that we do has said that to me. Well, you know, it can't go on forever. And that started really resonating resonating with me. Like, okay, if everyone believes something can't go on forever, and if that's human nature, is that why markets actually fall down? Is that why they collapse? And the answer is yes. It, it is. There's no gravitational force. It, it really isn't about the fundamentals of anything because the fundamentals don't support anything that's just happened. We, we basically printed a whole bunch of money as a country, it propped up everything. Everyone threw all their retirement dollars into it and then stayed there, right? That doesn't make any sense. But I think the what comes up must comes down, that song, that mentality is we all believe that it can't stay up there forever. And I think that's happened throughout history. Every time we've had these long bull markets, that song started playing, right? It's spinning wheel must come down, right? I think that's how it goes. Um, so so what we're looking at now is more of an emotional roller coaster than a real financial roller coaster. And now the government's gotta put water, you know, the Fed's gotta water down this hot economy because it's gonna make things so expensive. And, you know, they're they're really concerned. And I do think we're gonna see continued tightening, while I do believe the consumer's already kind of broken. Um, you know, that whole thing I did on the webinar where I, I started with a little domino and I I ended up knocking over on the video, not me, but the professor who did it, started with a, a little domino the size of a Tic Tac. And he, he kept putting dominoes behind that Tic Tac that were, I think, one and a half times bigger than what the, the one before it was. So, you know, in this video, and, and maybe we'll, we'll throw it up for anybody watching this. Maybe I'll play it at the end or something. We'll, we'll figure out a way, or I'll just do it on the next webinar. Um, what happened is when this, this, uh, clearly a professor and educator did this example, he started with the little tic-tac sized domino. And the last one I think was three feet tall and it weighed a hundred pounds. So the question is how could a tic-tac sized domino knock over one that's three feet tall and 100 pounds. And by the way, the bottom of it was probably three inches wide. It wasn't like on a knife's edge. It was just a stable, big slab that this guy had set up. And he pushed over the tic-tac and it did. It knocked every single domino over and the big one fell. And then he comes back to camera and he said, if there were enough of these, I, I don't know if he said it was 29 or 19, whatever the number was, the last one would have been as high as the Empire State Building, and it would have fallen. So the, the idea behind that, and the, and the reason I used that video in that webinar is I wanted people to understand that the first tic-tac is, is the consumer. And when the consumer fails, all the other dominoes will fall behind it. Nothing works without the consumer, and the consumer is choking out. The delinquencies on car loans, up. The delinquencies on electrics, on uh, utility bills is up. The consumer is showing signs of failure. And that is what should be making you decide where your investment dollars should be. I had a conversation with a gentleman. And uh, I don't think it was this, this young guy. It might be. Well, we were talking a little bit about this whole fiduciary and when we were talking about it, he was saying to me, he goes, you know, Brad, I, I challenged my, my advisor on this whole idea that I, I shouldn't be sitting in the market and losing money. I should wait for the market to go down and then I should come back in. He's 44 years old. I think it was him. And if it wasn't, I, I, I apologize. But I, the conversation fits with what I was talking to him about. And the concept was kind of silly. I said to him, so your advisor's telling you that it's going to get ugly and it's going to be bad. We're going to see the markets go way down, but you're still in the markets. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I, they haven't taken me out. I said, so, so let me understand this. He's telling you that you're going to lose money and it's going to be bad so that you can't get mad at him for telling, not telling you when you watch your money go the wrong way. He goes, yeah, that's kind of what he's doing, huh? I said, yeah. I said, it's almost like saying, listen, listen, I fixed your car brakes, but they don't work. So, you know, when you go down the hill and you hit a tree, you can't blame me because I told you that the car brakes aren't going to work, but i still let you drive the car with bad brakes, right? So the idea that you can warn somebody of, of an impending problem or crisis or consequence and they can't get mad at you when it happens because you warn them, that's not good enough, guys, right? So I, I, I said to him, I go, You understand that you're paying somebody to tell you you're going to lose money. And it's the same person who should have some kind of strategy to remove you from the down and then reinsert you somewhere on the up. Now, I'm not saying that anyone out there can pick the highs and pick the lows, but there's trends. And if I'm calling it on this podcast and on the webinars, pretty accurately, I'll also add, you know, if you look at my, the webinar that we did and I showed the head fakes in 2000, my God, it's almost an identical track that's going on right now. Why would, why would an advisor not have someone move to cash and wait for this to come back a little bit? And, you know, I talked about that a little bit with this, with this gentleman last night. I said, you know, part of what you're going to do is when we get your income figured out, and we are, he's, he's, He's absolutely looking at his retirement. Remember, he's 44 years old. He's looking at his retirement now as building blocks and how he wants to make sure that the bottom of the building blocks is as strong as it can possibly be. So we're focusing on income and to protect the monies that he already has as opposed to just letting them go down and then hoping that they come back. And on his investment dollars, again, I'm not an advisor, and I didn't give him advice. I just gave him a strategy. I said, why don't you try to find an advisor who will agree that there's opportunities here to get in and get out, not day trade. I don't think anybody is advocating day trading, but maybe trend trading might be in in something he should be looking at. You know, if you watch the markets pull back 20, 30%, the head fakes tell us, and you could just go back and look at the daily pattern of, of the 2000 to 2003 down market years there were head fakes all along. As a matter of fact, I, I have it opened because I was sharing it with him last night. So I'm actually going to pull it up on my screen. Let me just move it over to this monitor. So I started showing him this last night. That's why I had it so quick to pull up on my screen. I showed him that in January of 2000, that was kind of the high point, right? It's kind of similar, right? Didn't it just happen January of 2022 was, was our high? Well, in, in January of 2000, we hit a high. And then the market pulled back dramatically. And again, the, the movements were smaller because the dollar amounts were smaller. And I'm talking about the Dow here. So the Dow at the time did not reach 12,000. Um, close, but it didn't hit 12,000. So let's call it maybe, you know, eleven five, And maybe it's at eleven five. And I'm guessing, uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not part of what the story is here. So in, on January of 2000, we hit this high in, in, in the Dow at the time, a historic high. And then it dropped. It dropped below 10,000. So pretty steep fall when you're looking at it only being slightly above 10,000. So it dropped. And then all of a sudden it had this massive head fake. Well, that head fake was just a matter of literally weeks. Not even, eh, maybe maybe it was a month or two. I'm going to say, because the scale here is is in years. So I'm going to say it's a quarter of the way over. So let's say it was in March. There was a big head fake and the markets came back. And at that point, anyone who was listening to her advisor said, oh, thank God he was right, the market's coming back. But then it pulled back again. But then it did another head fake, but they were tight. These head fakes were like down, up, down, up. Does it sound familiar? Does it sound a little bit of what's going on today? And then it broke down again to the low. So just before 2001, the market almost came back to where it was at the beginning of 2000. So, you know, when you look at it, you say, "Oh, it wasn't too bad. And maybe we were down at 11,000 from 11.5." 11. But then we suffered another precipitous fall before the end of the year. Now we're down considerably. You know, now we're down below 10,000 again and oh my gosh, you know what did I do? Guys, this is playing out right now in front of you. You're watching this happen. We just had our head fake. We had the we had the bear market rally brought us back 10-15% from our low. And then it bounced off of that. It bounced literally, and I'm not going to say literally, I'm going to say uh, very close to, I'm not going to say something I'm not confident of. I think we just about hit the ceiling that represented the 200-day moving average, and the market fell seven days down. Today, it's up, right? So today, it's it's, it's breaking that trend. I think yesterday, we had a little bit of an update. day um, Currently, if I look at the markets again, I'm just going to do a quick status check because things are so volatile. It's kind of fun. You can do this in a half-hour program. So when we look at where the markets are now, guess what? Lo and behold, we're back in the red. We're down 129 points when we were just up that. So look at the swings that we're seeing. Then go back and look at 2000 to 2003. You may be on that same escalator on the way down. And that's the trouble with, With having an advisor who just tells you to wait it out. Guys, if you're a baby boomer, there's no reason to be waiting things out. So I wanted to just kind of say hi to everybody and and brag a little bit about being a a very proud grandfather now. And um, I'm excited about Amy being on the program next week. We are probably going to re-engage and Uh, That'll bring in some really advanced legal planning into retirement architecture. I'd love for her to come and be part of our team again, where we were going to be in the first place and, you know, damn COVID for that. But I I think she'll be back in and and we'll be working together and that'll take in and put another level of expertise on top of the things that we build here, having an attorney looking at this for, you know, okay, what happens? And we're going to cover really important topics. So if you're, if you're not familiar with the death tax, Amy and I will be talking about one of the worst states for death taxes, which is New York State. New York State has what's called a cliff, and we'll be explaining this next week. And my belief, and I've been on record saying it, is that the federal government will adopt a cliff type of process like New York State. And if you have more money than the cliff when you get there, when you pass, that everything in your estate could be subject to a tax for the federal government. It's got to happen. I mean, unless someone else has an idea where they're going to find the revenue, it's going to be on the back of the baby boomer. It's going to happen in your retirement, and then it's going to really hit you when you die. And all the money that you've accumulated, all the money that you watched all these years and cared for, could be lost to the government by some. Brutal tax that could bring you up into a 70, 80% of your estate going to by way of taxes, both state and federal. So um, try to catch, make sure you watch for the note that it's coming out. So we're, we're recording it next Friday at 10 o'clock. Again, special guest is Amy Gould, attorney, um, co host of what should have been the Live to 100 TV series. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed some of the things that I shared with you today. Uh, I think it's really important that we start kind of looking at our own values and and starting to make decisions on not so much what the politicians are trying to do but what we see as important. Let's go back to being the the Americans that built this country and not those that are just being, you know, separated by by the media, by the news, by our politicians. Let's let's get back together. Let's work and and do it by building yourself Get yourself strong. Make yourself strong and then help somebody else do that. Maybe that's how we can do this, right, is go through the process that we build. I'm not saying we're perfect, but we sure as heck give you a heck of a lot more to look at than anything else that I've seen. And then once you get that confidence in what we built for you, then give it to someone else. That's how things can be dispersed against the political side of what's going on. Individually, we can make a difference in our lives and our neighbors' lives. If we're waiting for the government to figure this out, good luck. So uh, we're going to close out again with Should Have Seen It Coming, um, Billy Bragg. And uh, I'm going to have Ant just tee that up, and uh, I'll say goodbye to that. And I look forward to you guys staying in tune and listening to next week, and I hope you enjoyed this week. And I'm Brett Sasso, Grandpa, Papa, Brett Sasso signing off. See you next week, everybody. Stay well, stay happy, and God bless. Came up through the static and hit me from behind. I should have seen it coming, but I didn't have the time.